What's up, RML fam? For those of you guys who haven't seen my post on Facebook and Instagram, we are having our very first giveaway where you can bring home this super dope poster of hand-drawn endemic species of plants in the Philippines. This gift was given by our guest for today's homie hump day, Johnny Altamonte. So hope you guys can all check out those posts so that you can see the mechanics on how you can bring home that super dope poster. Now, let's get on to the homie hump day. Was Gucci ma? Nuggets. And welcome to the Homie Hump Day Show of the Rockest Modern Life Podcast, where the episodes are fun, light, and filled with shits and giggles. These sods will be ad-free with less editing to highlight the kagaguan of my friends and I. So if you got time to spare, let's get retarded in here. my fellow earthlings and welcome to the homie hump day show of the raucous modern life podcast now it's been a while since my last animal podcast i don't recall having any during season two so i couldn't stand stand couldn't strand not having one to kick off season three and on today's show i'm bringing on some very familiar voices of the rml podcast one of them was one of my first guests where we talk about our love for animals in episode two season one she is the co-project head of Keystone, environmentalist, and the beautiful Ariana Norton. And my other guest, we did not talk about animals whatsoever in our last pod, which is really strange because he's arguably the most qualified to talk about these things amongst the three of us. But we talked about his company and other fun stuff in episode two, season two. So if you guys want to check that out, feel free to do so. He is the CEO of Vern Energy Solutions, environmental scientist, and the broologist Johnny Altamonte. What's up, guys? Thank you guys so much for being on the show. Hello, hey, hello. Pleasure to be here. Happy to be back, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Feels very familiar. We've got two returns. I like this. Yeah. <laughs> I like it, being like the recurring character in like a, in a sitcom. I like that role. <laughs> exactly. And then it will increase as the show goes on. So hopefully we, we can make this podcast a regular. Unfortunately, we were supposed to have another guest, Mr. Sandra Campos, that was going to join us. Uh, we had a segment where we talked about wildlife facts back in Season 1, Episode 10. But he is also a full-time medical student. So, you know, priorities, guys. But shout out to Sandra. And yeah, I'm just happy that you guys could make it. So, um, bef- like, to start to kick things off, why don't you introduce yourself like by your nickname or however you like to be called. And... Uh, why don't you state your favorite endemic species and why? Okay, I'll go first. Um, hi, I'm Rihanna. I'm also called Ri or Riri or Ritu. I don't know, whichever. Bad girl Riri. Uh, yeah, bad gal Riri. I wish. <laughs> um, yeah, I studied environmental science in college, but that's kind of boring. Um, what else about me? Oh, the endemic species. Okay. This is going to sound a little bit basic and a little bit boring. I have a few, but then I think my I was trying to decide which one to talk about the most at least. 
And I really love the Philippine Eagle. I don't know if it's because like there was a class in environmental science where um, we had to write a paper just on the Philippine Eagle and also watch a movie for it. I don't know if you guys have, have seen the Philippine Eagle. I don't know what it was called. Bird of Prey? Yeah. I think Bird of Prey. Yeah, 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 great, great movie. And I just love the fact, I think, uh, yeah, I love the fact that he, they're monogamous. Mm-hmm. I think that was like the biggest key thing for me because I'm like, oh my gosh, an animal that just stays with its partner forever. Um, they also, uh, oh, the females are larger. That was also really, really cool. Um, and the fact that they changed the name from monkey eating eagle to Philippine eagle because of, I don't know, they tried to make it sound a lot nicer. <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah, and they yeah. don't eat monkeys as often. Yeah, as yeah, before, it's, it's like other things. Small yeah. mammals, birds, reptiles. Lots of rats. Like that. <laughs> yeah, which makes them also like a keystone species. And you know me and my keystone. I love it. <laughs> yeah. A little wank yeah. wank. Yeah, <laughs> there. Um, but the other animals that are on my list are the deer. I just love the Philippine deer. Mm-hmm. Philippine spotted deer. Another wink at Keystone. See, it's just all over the place. Yeah, they're just so cute. They look like babies throughout their lives because of their spots. And yeah. the Philippine for- mouse deer too. Oh, yeah, fun. those are really cute. So for those of you guys who don't know what the hell a Philippine spotted deer is, for those of you guys who are watching the video podcast recording this is what they look like just like cute little bambi looking fellas but endemic to the philippines which is fantastic aren't they so cute they They are spots forever usually like with regular deer deer right it's like um when they're babies they have the spots and then they grow out of it but then this one it's forever it's cute it's really cute and although like the philippine eagle is a pretty general answer i don't think you could be blamed for it at all because it really is such a gorgeous animal and you know i've said it in this pod before i wasn't always a fan of birds yeah <laughs> large birds birds right. of prey yeah. specifically like they used to creep me out a lot as a kid but the philippine eagle definitely made it to like my top favorite animals in the world because they're just so special and so unique looking like you won't be able to find any animal that looks like this anywhere in the world so I mean, I feel like it's you should have no shame for picking that animal. <laughs> you know, very, what's that, nationalistic. <laughs> Pinoy pride, That's baby. True. Pinoy pride. Pinoy pride. Yeah. 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 The Philippine pride eagle, the Philippine deer. Yeah. Proud to be Pinoy. Mm-hmm. Love it. Good answer. What about you, John? Um, yeah, so I too am from, did study environmental science, but according to Riri, it's boring, so let's not talk about that. <laughs> um, my favorite endemic species, and I'm going to throw a little curveball because one, uh, Roque said species and did not specify fauna, so I went with flora. Oh, that's fine. Um, and it is, and also there's a little plug too, and I you know, had to, of course. <laughs> of course. Um, I had to plug something in there uh but it is the amorphophallus clavatus and if you google it you will not be able to find anything on it because we are still describing it <gasps> so we are writing that paper it'll come out this march um but a little background on the genus amorphophallus uh they're also known as corpse flowers uh, and they're known as corpse flowers because they bloom like maybe once every couple of years and it's just one single flower so it's basically just this potato right it's a tuberous 
uh, it's, it's like a tuber underground. Normally, every year it shoots up a stalk, which looks like a normal plant, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's got a petiole, it's got leaves and all of that. And then it reverts back in. And then every couple of years, it shoots out this giant flower, the biggest flowers, or well, inflorescence, if you want to be precise. Uh, the largest ones in the world, and it smells like rotting flesh. It's amazing. Just like the worst smell ever, because it's normally pollinated by flies. Now, this specific one, this species, is the only montane species what does ever. That mean? Uh, they're found in mountainous forests. Okay. Oh, okay. So within a certain elevation. Uh, and so it's the only one, and it's the smallest one in the Philippines. Uh, so it's, it's this really cool, unique one. We're going on an expedition this March. Um, and yeah, we're going to describe it and publish that, and that'll be fun. That sounds Have insane. you smelled it yourself? Huh? Have you smelled it? No. Uh, so hopefully, uh, when we go on the expedition this March, we'll find one in flower. I doubt we will find one. Uh, I'm not sure. They will be blooming around that time. And it's hit and miss, right? Because they, like, in a five-year period, they'll flower, like, just one of those years. Wow. Um, so if you if you catch it, that'll be great. Uh, but, yeah, that is uh, my current favorite endemic species. If I want to go, like, fauna, though, um, the, 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 I don't know if how you say it, Draco or Draco. I'm going to say Draco, like Draco Malfoy. Yeah. Uh, but they're basically flying lizards. They're just really oh, cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forget the name, though, specifically. Um, uh, let's try to go with Philippine flying eagle. But where did you find lizard? Yeah, flying <laughs> lizard. <laughs> Sorry, the picture of the eagle is looking at me in the face. Where did you find this plant, and how did it like enter your like sphere of knowledge? Um, so I'm one of the things I'm doing now is I'm working with the Philippine taxonomic initiatives. Uh, so they're just a bunch of cool dudes to go around exploring and identifying new species, and one of them just stumbled across it and was like, "Shit, this thing is." not where it normally is as a like a, as a genus because they're not normally found in like montane areas mm-hmm. but this is definitely an amorphophallus so it has to be new uh so he did an initial write-up and we're going on a couple of expeditions just to round out that initial paper and yeah damn it's basically it. it's pretty fun that sounds pretty fun um how long Thanks. do you plan on being on your field work i guess looking for this plant i'm not even gonna try to pronounce it because i know i'm just gonna butcher it <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh it, it's not gonna be long really maybe like three four or five days somewhere up in the mountains like here in the luzon mountain region or Nueva Ecija. yeah Ooh. so uh, that's up north in, yeah not too far honestly yeah. it's like a seven hour drive i think not the worst yeah not the worst you, at least you can just drive it you don't have to fly all the way there yeah i don't want to fly now you know? yeah all right well I, i'm gonna show the the listeners slash watchers but the but the with the draco minadensis yeah it looks like so look at that wing pattern honestly it's absolutely insane cool i don't i don't know if it's right to call it a wing i don't know what to call it like a pectoral modified appendage i don't know yeah Yeah. i don't know it looks absolutely crazy has like stripes and it's like black and then they come in like different color variations too this one's like a yellow kind of looks like a um like a butterfly it would I, I actually wonder like do you think that these lizards are actually capable of flight or just gliding i think gliding like Probably it doesn't gliding. flap or anything yeah I'm assuming. yeah I assume. that, yeah that's true i don't think it's like an actual like limb yeah so i don't think it actually but it can be i'm sure it's pretty far though like from tree to tree from branch to branch that's i mean considering its size i'm yeah. assuming it's small and it's going from tree to tree that's gonna as far 
That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. That is so, so cute. Yeah. One of the things I learned actually was, um, you know, bats are the only mammal capable of flight. And mm -hmm. I was just amazed yeah. by that because people would think that, you know, all ba all bats can fly, flying lemurs, it's in the freaking name. But apparently like, there's a difference between like flying and like actually being able to flap and generate height, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah. Some facts. All right. So I'm going to give, you, know, you guys know who I am already if you're listening this deep into the podcast. And uh, so I'm going to just state my favorite endemic species. And it's kind of a cop-out answer too, but I, <laughs> I'm i proud of it. And it's the tamarau. So tamarau is like a beautiful um, bovine species. It's actually the Philippines' only bovine species that is endemic mm -hmm. to us. Yeah. So carabaos, like we have a bunch of them. You'll see them in the provinces, but we have them all across Southeast Asia and even right. some Western parts of Asia. So not that special to us, but the tamarau is very unique to us. And it is also the largest endemic species uh, mammal in the, in the Philippines, which is pretty crazy. And arguably yeah. even species. I don't, we don't have a lot of large animals actually. Well, no, that's a lie. Crocodiles are pretty huge. So all the crocodiles yeah, are pretty dude. huge. Lolo, Lolo, oh my god, I was going to say. Shit. All right, dude, is whack. Yeah, rip my boy Lolo. <laughs> Yo, but he lived a long and literally long and beautiful life. And Lolo life. Yeah, a Lolo <laughs> life. <laughs> and of uh, anybody interested in checking him out, he's in the National Museum. Like you can see his bones there, and it's just amazing how big that these bad boys can get. But yeah, going back to the Tamarouse, and I don't know, it's just iconic of philippine wildlife especially because it's the most endangered species that we have in a species of fauna in our in our country right now and uh, it's actually the most endangered water buffalo in southeast asia in general so with only about 600 left so that's why i think it's like kind of a symbol also of like hope and at the same time like a warning that you know we got we got to get our shit together guys because if not a lot of these awesome endemic species are not gonna be here for long but on a higher note um they're very cute and i think if i were to get a tattoo it would definitely be like a tamarau because their horns are just so iconic so unlike the carabaos where it's like very u and round shape there's just kind of like a v and it's like stubby and fat and they're actually a lot smaller also than the carabaos like they're probably the size of i'd say like a great dane Whoa! Yeah. No way! Yeah, yeah they're, they're small. that small. They're puny, dude. They're puny. They're oh my yeah. god, that makes them so much better. They're super small and uh, very elusive of humans. And I was actually doing some research also a couple of days back, and like they, before they were, um, they were not nocturnal, but because of the interaction that they've had with humans, well, since there are only about six hundred left, they kind of developed into becoming more of nocturnal species. It's pretty interesting because, yeah. like, I don't know if their vision's any good and maybe they've adapted over the years, but, yeah, they're night stalkers now. Yeah. It's kind of <laughs> crazy, actually, because I was doing research, too, and a lot of the, the smaller mammals, like even the deer and stuff, a lot of them are nocturnal. And that was surprising to me. Like, why are these mammals hanging out at night? Are they built for that? I don't know. 
I would, just surprising. That's all. We need to get an actual zoologist on this podcast. <laughs> so I need answers. <laughs> yeah, that, that was, I thought you were going to come up with an answer for that. I was so excited. No. <laughs> it's just, just a mystery. God. I couldn't figure it out. Um, oh, that, that does it for the episode. I'm just going to leave you all blue balls <laughs> and I'll see you all next time. <laughs> That's it. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so why don't we move on to the next segment, which I like to call Fauna Facts. So basically what we'll do here is we'll each um, come up with two unique facts or news about any animals or wildlife in the wildlife world. And um, yeah, if anybody wants to go first, I can go first too. So it's like, you know, serpentine uh, motion. And I'm okay. going to share screen because I prepared some slides-ish. Not really slides, but tabs. Yeah. Um, no, I I can search also for whatever you guys want. But the first I'm going to start with is the world's smallest known reptile arguably has been found. So it's called the Nano Chameleon. There's a legit name here, um, Brookesia Nana. <laughs> oh, that's so adorable. And for those of you guys who aren't watching, it's literally like half the size of your fingernail. Like it's absolutely puny. And... It's ar- it's definitely the world's smallest lizard, and based on the weight, it's arguably the smallest reptile. It hasn't been confirmed yet, but it's absolutely insane. So it lives in Madagascar, and so it it it's about an inch, including the tail, which is absolutely insane. And uh, another fun fact I learned about these puny ass chameleons is that twenty four percent of their body is their penis for the males. Wow. So, oh my gosh. Small Respect. body. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> um, He's trying to like look for it. Like <laughs> So I guess size does no, matter. It, it's all penis hair. Yeah, yeah that's it's it. just that's... it's just all penis. Yeah, yeah, apparently it's inside the body and when it goes out to mate it just like comes out and twenty four percent. I mean if that was in a human body, let's say for me, then my schlong would be at least like fourteen inches. <laughs> yeah, it would be like <laughs> Whoa! Yeah, like a leg. Yeah, I'm. I'm Literally not gonna do just the a third leg emerging from your. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Absolutely <laughs> insane, and um, it still baffles scientists as to why this like reptile is so small. But they said they said it has something to do with the island effect of it being in Madagascar. Yeah. So with like small island. Yeah, small island. They can, yeah. tend to interbreed, and you know, only like um the couple of I guess it, they they thrive being smaller in such a populated island like Madagascar but yeah absolutely insane how small it is and uh, it's just a cool new news in the wildlife world yeah I was gonna say it's like super adorable then you brought up the penis thing and I was like okay maybe not (laughs) (laughs) reminded me of the the the, the duck thing like how everyone the corkscrew the yeah corkscrew penis duck yeah. just surprising things in animals yeah 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 the Pigs. sex life of animals is actually yeah. surprisingly Very interesting, interesting. Yeah. yeah the penis of um a pig is also a corkscrew actually really yeah most boars have spikes on it too <laughs> i don't know but <laughs> i mean whatever gets them off i guess <laughs> yeah, <it does. laughs> all right so so that's um on a smaller scale, some wildlife news. And <laughs> for my next fauna fact, it is, I'll be talking about the legendary alpha wolf, which is 1042. Have you guys heard about 1042? Wait, what's that? So it's the name oh. of the wolf. So 
basically she was a for she was okay so keep this in mind she was a 40 year old alpha wolf that had generations Whoa. of different packs and stuff and they used to see her around the arizona patches of forest so in arizona you see like here's the map there's like a bunch of small patches of forest because it's mostly desert right but these patches of forest actually connect in such a way that it goes all the way down to like the jungles of central america and mexico so basically in arizona they'd be seeing these mexican gray wolves come up all the way and 1042 used to be a regular and then back in 2018 she disappeared for three years and only december 2020 she suddenly reappeared with a new bunch of uh wolf pups so there's actually a video here oh the cam trail Sorry, this freaking ad is like totally <laughs> interrupting my flow. <laughs> but here, it's just so crazy. This is a 40-year-old wolf. And generally, wolves only live up to about 30 to 35 years. And it's just oh absolutely God. insane how until now. And she was 40-year-old back then. And so now she's like 42, which is like almost like Whoa. plus 50% the life expectancy of wolves. And this wolf is just an absolute unit. I mean living almost twice the normal age range and now they discovered her again with a new fresh batch of pups it's absolutely insane like you you just know that these are some good genes that are being passed on oh yeah or it's like some ancient mexican goddess you know just oh, yeah. Keeping the alive. yeah some mayan goddess that would be a story to tell but yeah like here now actually less than 30 years they live six to eight years on average and this what? wolf is like 40, 42 years old. Absolutely. Oh, no, no. And that is definitely some Princess Mononoke shit. Right? I, I was know, just right? going to say, Princess Mononoke, <laughs> this has to be the wolf. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. This is her right here, 1042. You can actually see she looks pretty old already. Like, skin's a little lao lao na. <laughs> she looks pretty good. Hey, yeah. Though, huh? yeah look, pretty fit. Don't hate. <laughs> no, and it's super impressive, though, that she was able to survive this long and remain an alpha at that. So. Like with the wolf social hierarchy, it's very complex and they're, they're, they're social beings. But generally, like when the wolf gets kind of old and I guess old since the average lifespan is only about um, eight years, like they tend to get overthrown by like a new, younger, um, you know, fresh wolf. But Young studs. Yeah. <laughs> the YGs. But <laughs> this this wolf like remained an alpha for all this all these years and... Apparently, she produced about 40 pups and the most wolf pups in any wolf in U.S.-Mexico wolf population. So, she, like, I even saw another article claiming that this is probably the most um, prevalent and dominant wolf in North American history. So it's pretty insane. It's absolutely insane. I wonder how big she is. Because yeah. um, wolves are really big. I follow this TikToker. He just hangs out with wolves and they're massive. Like their heads yeah. are bigger than ours, mm -hmm. I think. It's amazing. Yeah, that's definitely one of my goals to interact with like some wolves. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, for sure. Because they're so, so complex. And I mean, these are not just doggies that you can walk up and like pat on the head. Like you got to treat them with respect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Respect, Mr. Park. <laughs> 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 but yeah, yeah. wolves are yeah, fucking great shit, dude. 
yeah absolutely insane like just beautiful beings mm-hmm. also respect to like just i was just tripping on it for like a quick second the first human who saw a wolf and it's like fuck yeah i'm gonna make that thing my best friend <laughs> <laughs> and then just went at it you actually balls man very bold yeah man. have you guys he seen- probably died yeah i mean the first one huh like and then yeah, like his, his son probably learned from that right, so don't yeah. don't try to touch his nuts <laughs> just just don't do it just don't do it there's don't actually like it. there's actually a movie on somewhat of the origin of a pet called alpha have you guys checked that Ooh. out it's pretty cool i have not so it's like in the stone age type of era and basically what happens is um this kid of a tribe gets injured and the wolf pack was about to eat him and then Shampra, he tried to defend himself and then he ended up injuring another wolf so they were both pilai and then that's how they kind of like build the bond and then try to survive together it's pretty insane yeah actually yeah. i was doing some research before about like how did dogs come about um and it turns out that it wasn't really like our choice that our, that these wolves became our best friends it was also a survival tactic because we were oh. competing for resources like meat and stuff like that and so the wolves kind of just decided like i think we have a better chance of survival if we just live alongside these humans because these humans are giving us food and we don't even have to work for it so yeah and this was like uh, 13,000 years ago or something yeah that really makes sense that kind yeah. of a symbiotic like, relationship yeah we didn't yeah. force it or anything so it's really cool how we just decided like hey we should be besties <laughs> Yeah. And obviously it was on their terms too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Super cool. Now they're like chihuahuas. I really it freaks me out. Chihuahuas. Like how did we get from that to this? I know. <laughs> I know. Selective breathing, unfortunately, mm-hmm. which is becoming a problem in today's um, <laughs> veterinary world. Oh like yeah. Pugs and stuff. Damn. Chihuahua. <laughs> all right so <laughs> they really are awesome. <laughs> yeah. they cannot breathe also shih tzus like we have so many damn shih tzus in the philippines like you're just walking and then you hear a little <laughs> oh, it's like oh, oh my that's, god that's that's yeah. a pug or yeah. a or, <laughs> or a freaking shih tzu yeah. help them all right uh who wants to go next i i can go but i only actually ha- i was supposed to prepare two but i only prepared one that's fine so while ariana is reciting i can google but my fun fact is uh we discovered a new species of whale recently in the world interesting it is called rice's whale there's only about a hundred species left it is a baleen whale so it's the one that like you know filters stuff uh it was found in the gulf rice like rice like rice like rice rice. whale rice rice oh there so rice yeah there you go um so technically rice whale we we always knew they were there but we always thought that it was a subpopulation of another whale species so only recently when they did some uh, like analysis down to like the molecular level uh did we find out that it is actually a whole new species of its own um yeah what so, are the differences like would you know no clue yeah <laughs> no clue. It, it looks like a like a sperm yeah almost identical it's so it looks like it's it was thought to be a subpopulation of bride's whale um and apparently you can only tell when you go through like genetic analysis so so like anthropomorph no no not anthropomorphically but from their bodies like physiologically yeah, physio- speaking no well more of like um aesthetically speaking they look more or less yeah. the same yeah 
Mm, very interesting. Oh, yeah. Over the wire. Actually. Pillow. Yeah, they, they both got those, like, lines under the oh. chin, chin, chin. Expandable <laughs> chin mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. But, um, yeah, unfortunately, there's only, like, 100 left in the world. So they are critically endangered. Wow. Oh, man. Well, at we least we discovered know. it, though. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't even know they existed, and we were messing them up already, and we didn't even know they were existing. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, and it's a whale, right? Like, yeah. how do you not know it's a freaking whale? Like, how do you miss him? <laughs> how do you miss that? <laughs> well, I mean, my dude, the sea is like a gigantic place. Oh yeah, and for sure, we're like still scraping the surface. But imagine Actually. just like seeing like one of these whales on like a random dive trip. Like, I wonder if you can see any of these big ass whales in the Philippines. I know that um, there was a sighting of humpback whales like a couple of years back, but that's about it. It's Sure yeah. yeah they pass through yeah but we're yeah. surrounded by oceans so i'm sure like they pass around us mm-hmm. somehow i don't know yeah. maybe not these guys in particular but yeah yeah but yeah actually yeah. that relates <laughs> to one of my news animal news because yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh i i i went into an argument recent not an argument but like a deep dive discussion deep dive about how the ocean is only 20% or something explored. Mm-hmm. And so we haven't explored like 80 plus percent of the ocean. And it made me think like, why do we spend so much time? I mean, I know that space is important, but why do we spend so much time looking out into space when we have so much here that we have yet to discover? I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to. Yeah, yeah. That, was yeah. Actually just, that was it. <laughs> <laughs> and I wanted to ask. Okay, my question to you guys is like, what the what kind of animals do you think could still be discovered? And apparently, whales is one of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Johnny's like research just backed it up. I know. I'm pretty sure Lockie's Lockie's out there. <laughs> you think someone, so? Actually, maybe not actually Lockie, but then someone like some species, kind of yeah. like the Loch Ness, like long neck like pretty wide body i don't know because yeah. like deep seas is just such a tricky thing to discover i mean we've known that giant squids existed for quite a while now but yet there's no like live recording of a giant squid yet like it's always from necropsies and just the dead bodies washing up on shore so i feel yeah. like there's like so much that the ocean has to offer pa yeah actually and you would think that we would find all the, the big ones at least right because I assume yeah. that the smaller ones or the flora would mm-hmm. be a lot more undiscovered. Yeah. But even the big ones, apparently. Crazy. No, it completely makes sense. Um, yeah. But yeah, th- thanks for sharing that. Now I know that there's a new whale that exists, the Rhesus whale. Not the Isis whale, the Rhesus whale. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Mariana, why don't you go share some of your facts while... I mean, Johnny, you don't need to Google up another one. We have a pretty long outline up That's ahead true. if you want yeah but i mean yeah. if you, yeah. you we, want we've got a lot of stuff yeah you, no, you can if you want uh, but yeah. really what you got um okay so i've been reading up a lot about like um, endangered species and stuff like that and extinction and stuff like that and apparently one of the most endangered species out there is the vaquita porpoise Ooh, yeah i yeah and it's actually so it sad How yeah do you spell that? V A Q U. Vaquita whale? Vaquita porpoise. Oh, porpoise. All right. 
Oh yes, I know. Yes, this they guy. are so small. Mm-hmm. And they're so cute. Yeah, one of the smallest. Look at that smile. <laughs> so yes. So innocent. Yeah. Oh and as of July 2020, there's an estimated 10, yeah. a number of 10 left. 10? In the wild. 10. Yeah. That's insane. And so they're really worried that they could be wiped out at any second. And yeah, I mean, they've, they've tried to do captive breeding. Like there's a whole video on it about how they really tried and then they just don't survive in captivity at all. They can't breed them at all. So what they really, the only thing they can do the guys just to stop their the gill net fishing mm-hmm. yeah. or yeah. just at least within a small area because they're so small they don't need like a lot even in the picture you can see there's like straight up net like around it like yeah. what the fuck? Uh-huh. i guess that's how they find it yeah yeah so that's Damn. all they can do that's so unfortunate they're such cute little guys and they're mm-hmm. it literally translates to little cow oh man <laughs> i didn't know that but that's cute well no wonder why they die in their off yeah. the reef of California. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, shots. Shots fired, yeah. motherfuckers. <laughs> Treat your oceans yeah. better. But yeah. yeah, that's insane. They're so yeah. cute. I I mean, I don't even know what to do when they're about 10 left. Like, how do you act on that? Yeah. At that the, point, right? Yeah. Like, I guess tagging it would be the first step, right? I'm sure they have. I think they have. Yeah, for sure. But I think what they're saying, at least, like what we can do is just limit our intake of fish that are caught using gill nets. Of course, just to not support that. That's hard. I think uh, that things like salmon and yeah. sea bass. And... It's tough to just totally cut off. From, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, I hope your next news is a little bit more uplifting. Cause oh, no, it was the 80% sad. thing. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we, we, we're getting sad boy out here. Play, I know. Some, play some simple plan. You know, I like I liked the discovery news, like where they discovered something new. Yeah. Uh, those are really good, guys. <laughs> well, that's good. We got a balance, you know. Like, you ours know? is like some positives, some negatives. But, yeah. I mean, that's the wildlife world for y'all. Like, it's like... We're not, I mean, we are making some good steps towards like saving these creatures, but I mean, the first step is always getting informed so that you can try to, I don't know, choose your actions better. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. But yeah, um, why don't we move on to the next segment? So with a little bit of a lighter note, we could, <laughs> um, it's a new segment that we'll be playing, which is called Create a Zoo. So the three of us can pick a total of three animals, whether existing, extinct, or extinct and build a theoretical zoo so no we do not support zoos in general this is all theoretical i mean the fact that we're including extinct animals like just makes it all the more theoretical um but yeah so exchange uh, explain your selections as best as you possibly can because the winner will be chosen by the listeners via instagram so if you're listening to this make sure to check instagram after so that you can vote on who had the best zoo so why don't we go ladies first ariana take it away oh man oh man okay i because when you said extinct that just sounded really cool like right off the bat like why wouldn't you want to go park yeah yeah right like why wouldn't you want to go to a zoo that has animals that are extinct right but i didn't want to go like the dinosaurs right because that's like the obvious choice Mm. like i would love to see what a dinosaur looks like in person 
but um, I went for more of the not obvious extinct animals. So like the Tasmanian tiger, mm. I think those guys are really cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And the West African black rhino, I think that one's really Ooh. cool too. Yeah. yeah. Is that the one that they've um, successfully done, done in vitro? Is it? I know that um, just a couple of months ago, oh, they yeah they they successfully implanted the semen of uh, one of the rhino species in a like I think it might be like the northern African white black rhino where they okay impregnated the semen in via in vitro and it was successful so the rhino's currently pregnant right now and awesome there we go yeah so it could be on the horizon this zoo could be a real thing that's mm. that's pretty good. <laughs> Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And I think the last one was like the dodo bird. Oh, I just, nice. I find they're them so cute. funny. Nice. And the, the fact that they're actually like pretty smart. Like they're not dumb. Hmm. I mean, they're birds. <laughs> they're birds. So it's, yeah. it's not saying much. But like yeah. they're not as stupid as people claim. Like they have really great sense of smell or something like that. I think mm -hmm. that's what I was reading up on. Yeah. Yeah. So it's actually like a... Really uh, uh, misconception that they're that dumb, I guess, because I know yeah. that a lot of people like, especially the ones that colonized New Zealand, Tasmania. It's like they they used to have a saying like "as dead as a dodo," and that basically meant Ooh. like it's not working or it's obsolete or unavailable. So it's like my laptop ain't working because it's as dead as a, as a dodo. And I oh. know that they used to, um, like sailors that were sailing to the Australian islands used to keep them on board as live meat because they were that dumb though that they could just like oh really them around <laughs> which was apparently a bad thing and interestingly enough i actually learned that um what actually killed or like made dodo birds extinct was not necessarily the humans but rats so rats oh, yeah. the rats from england and stuff transmitted the disease to them and just completely wipe wiped them out or like ate their eggs. Like that's a oh, yeah. big, big cause of like, uh, like sea, like coastal birds mm -hmm. when their populations decline. It normally can actually be attributed to either one domestic cats or two rats predating on their eggs. Like that's a huge, huge thing. Yeah. That actually makes a lot of sense, though. Yeah. Yeah, like more so than us, I suppose. Yeah, it's actually crazy. It's like the little species that you didn't know really made a huge difference are the ones that are. Mm -hmm you know, making them extinct. Like the Tasmanian devils also. I know that um, the reason why the Tasmanian devils died out of the mainland from Australia is because um, there were too many dingoes that were, um, I guess, that, that that were invasive from from America and stuff like that. They tried to, I guess a bunch of redneck Amer Americans just brought in dingoes and then they just started occupying the niche of Tasmanian devils. But, they're working on it now, I think, on repopulating them on the mainland. So that's some good news. Yeah. So it is kind of like also indirectly us, if it's like an invasive thing, if we're bringing yeah, them in. For sure. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, big picture, it's always us, the mana. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good point. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. And even those, like, if there's like a sudden burst in the population of like rats and things like that, that could be because another species is disappearing and oh, thus yeah, growing sure. the population of the rats and that's true affecting you know yeah. it's Oof. crazy how interconnected everything is. it really is <laughs> but yeah um so you got 
Dodo Birds, you got the <laughs> West African Black Rhino, and yeah. what was your third one? Tasmanian Tiger. Tasmanian I just tiger. find them so cool. Tigers. Like they their stripes. So cool. They are, they so, are so cool. They look so mean, and they're called Tigers, but they look nothing like Tigers. Have you guys saw. seen the video of it opening its mouth? It could literally oh, yeah. like open yeah. its mouth like a freaking python it's like yeah. two, two times the size it's i love it yeah. yeah i live for that shit <laughs> <laughs> that's a good pick yeah that's, that's a good, good pick great pick i actually picked dodo also but it's okay i got some backups <laughs> oh man all right so johnny take it away okay uh so i did pick one extinct species and two extant species because i didn't want to go like full extinct stuff Mm-hmm. I wanted to, you know, shout out to some stuff that are mm-hmm. unappreciated. Nice, um, nice. So I'll start with the extinct one because it's kind of weird. It is the Helicoprion. Um, so it is an extinct species of a cartilaginous fish. And the, the reason it's so whack is because the one of the things that people just, paleontologists just can't figure out is bottom jaw it, so it basically has a circular saw ah like in its mouth this. yeah you've, you've yeah. seen that fossil right yeah, yeah. Um, what's it called so it, Let, let's search that up helicoprion Helic- oh there there we go it's a fish yeah, yeah it's a cartilaginous fish okay. so it's closest Ooh. living relative is the chimera okay um so if you have cartilaginous fish it's split into two right you have your elasma branches and your holocephaly oh my the holocephaly God. are the chimeras and stuff these are gnarly is, looking dudes yeah. yeah so it's got like this weird buzzsaw jaw thing and and people still don't know if that's actually where that fossil goes like <laughs> i think the first couple of places that people put it was like on its back like where the dorsal fin is and then people started putting it in the jaw and then it's just maybe that's where it is <laughs> because why like what how does that work yeah fucked if i know I have no clue <laughs> no clue uh so Insane. <laughs> yeah, it's got like a, it's got like this weird buzz saw lower jaw or see look if, like some people put it on its nose and it's, it's just no idea people have no idea what, what's going on its on. nose that's right how weird but how do they know <laughs> that it came from a fish no, oh it because of the cartilaginous and mm. i i do, honestly just like the work paleontologists do is just from i honestly don't know how to do anything like, legit <laughs> i have no clue how to just see like oh good it's not like any of us do yeah, yeah it, it's like literally if you took like a picture ripped it up to like a thousand pieces scattered in the wind and you find one piece and go like yes this was the mona lisa yes. <laughs> That's one. how do people do that paleontologist man respect yeah. respect dude and yeah. like like although like we all have like a notion of what dinosaurs might look like we actually have no idea if they were yeah. furry they might have had feathers since they were isn't that what they're the theorizing now mm-hmm. they're theorizing yeah. that like they could have had Basically birds, yeah, right. Bird even. Yeah. yeah, so the helicopter, that's my first one. It's a pretty cool thing. Mm-hmm. Um, my second one is also a marine animal, but it's extant, and it is the sperm whale, mm. uh, just because I think they're super cool because we don't know much about them. And uh, so, yeah, you're, you're pulling up a picture of the sperm whale now. But if you look at what's weird is when you look at like most sperm whale like drawings or depiction oh see see that one the killer sperm whale this one yeah <laughs> so for the listeners it's just an image and normally a sperm whale is seen as having like teeth on the bottom on and the upper jaw but they actually only have teeth on the lower jaw yeah hmm. their upper jaw has sockets like holes which the bottom ones plug into oh interesting um, and what's weird about it is that this the, the sperm whale's teeth, their weird bottom teeth, they don't actually use them to predate on anything. 
So they're not actually used for hunting or for chewing. So people don't really know what they're for. Um, could it be protection? Like against it the... could be. It could be. Or if you see like... The, yeah. Or people are also... So some of the main theories. So there, I think... Well, there's two main theories that I know of. And the, the first one is it's like a mating thing, like aggression between males, uh, because you do see a lot of scratches between the males, mm -hmm. um, similar to that image that uh, Rocket has up now. Um, the other theory, which I do like, is that it's used for dredging the seafloor. Mm. Uh, because one surprising, like, common trait between a lot of uh, sperm whales is that the lower jaw is, like, disfigured or slightly detached or, like, kind of busted up. Moby Dick, who is like the most famous sperm yeah. whale ever. Also the that one like that his... ate Pinocchio, right? Or was yes, he a blue whale? Definitely not. Oh, I, I have no idea. It might have been a sperm whale. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, actually. Could have been. But yeah, Moby Dick's like defining trait was like his jaw was like busted up. And that, mm -hmm. that's like a normal trait between sperm whales. So it could be because they dredged the seafloor for, I don't know, whatever reason. Um, <laughs> and then... The other cool thing about the sperm whale is their so their giant noggin is filled with it's got this giant organ that's filled with spermaceti. So that's a kind of oil. Mm -hmm. And that's why they were hunted so much, because that oil used to be what people used to light candles and whatever, whatever. It basically was the source of people's energy in the olden days. So that giant organ is used for making sounds, right? So echolocation, making clicks mm -hmm. and all of that. Uh but the two theories I do like about what that spermaceti is used for and that giant noggin is, well, one, uh, like I think the obvious one, I think this is not really a theory at this point, it's pretty uh, um, founded on fact or observation, is that it's used as a giant battering ram, mm. uh, which is cool. So to ram what, though? Each other? Yeah. It could be a mating thing, like an aggression mm -hmm. thing. Like, you know, uh, deer and rhinos butt heads yeah. in the same way. Mm -hmm. This giant battering ram. Uh, they started just butting heads with each other. But one theory I do like, which ties into their kind of useless teeth, is that it's essentially a giant sound cannon. And mm -hmm. they just use it to blast shit and like stun them and then eat them. That's my theory. Wow. That would be I do like. such a sick predatory skill. Like for right? Krill, just like scream like, ah! and then yeah, they're all like, oh, right? the just fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like just Sonic blast the fuck out of them, right? Or like a giant squid or whatever. I like that theory. I'm going with that one. Yeah, <laughs> that's my that's my running theory. So yeah, sperm whales are cool one. and a giant mystery. Yeah, look at that shit. Yeah, apparently they're wide. They're loud enough to bust your eardrums. Yeah, so imagine if you're just a fucking squid, dude. You're like you're just like a little soft boy. Yeah, it's like blasted by this, a this guy's probably whale like scream. deaf as fuck now. Then yeah, can't, <laughs> can't hear shit. Can't hear shit. That that's a that's a great selection, my man. Um, yeah. what would be your last one? Uh, so my last one, and it's a good thing we talked about animal penises earlier, uh, mm -hmm. because this one has a uh, social purpose. It okay. is the tapir. Ooh. Um, yeah. And I chose the tapir because it has a prehensile penis that is half the length of its body. It uh, uses it to scratch its back and to fight toxic masculinity. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, so that, you know, That's yeah. a useful organ. Yeah, you know, people trying to come in with... You know, big dick energy or whatever. They see a tapir <laughs> with its massive schlong. It's just like, like, nah, take that toxic masculinity out yeah. of here, buddy. Like, shut the fuck up, Brad. Your dick ain't that big. Ain't nothing. <laughs> ain't nothing. <laughs> so that's my third one. That that's a great choice. There's such interesting animals. Like, I mean, like when they're young, they're kind of built like um 
their skin has like stripes and dots, mm-hmm. much like a deer. And then when they grow older, it kind of just all goes to like their their penis. Yeah, their penis. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all goes there. But yeah, very interesting animals. I don't understand the color pattern or what the <laughs> what the purpose is. Like, if anything, it makes them like stick out the predators, right? Like, yeah. I, I why? Like the second most asked question yeah. is, can a tapir kill you? <laughs> well, let's find out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. they do have a tough side oh these animals don't. are unpredictable and will fiercely defend themselves and their young sometimes maiming or even killing people wow wow well i think that's with any animal really if you get too close to their their young yeah, yeah true. mess you up right yeah that's true probably yeah. just like clubs you to death with its giant dong yes but you know, yeah, like how they're um, the island of Galapagos kind of have like this thing called the island effect, wherein there's so little predators in the island that it seems like all of the animals are tame with you touching them. Yeah. Like with the Galapagos tortoise, you could just go on oh, next yeah. to them and then just pet them. Even the snakes, the small like mammals and stuff, they're just super chill because they don't have any problem. I, I think there's some penguins that come every once in a while too that are pretty chill with humans. <laughs> Penguins pretty are pretty chill in general, I think. Yeah, I think they're, they're pretty, pretty chill. The species, yeah. <laughs> yeah. A bunch of dopey little dudes. I love I them. I know. So proper in their suits. I know. <laughs> and they walk so funny on land, but once yeah. they get in the water, just something else. They're yeah. just so majestic all of a sudden. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> all right, so you got the tapir, you got the sperm whale, and the helicorprion. So that's a pretty good. Mm-hmm. Dope. Yeah, that's that's a good handset. Um, all right, so it's my turn, and I'm gonna give a cop out answer. This is purposely for income generating schemes, and I'm gonna get a T Rex because <laughs> <laughs> because you can't say admissions like T motherfucking Rex when you think of that's dinosaur, true. it's gonna be the T Rex first. So, I mean, they, they'll generate a lot of attention, and it's always been a dream of mine to see a T Rex and. Since they are in captivity, and as I done my research, apparently the T Rex was a terrible hunter, like really, really bad. Like apparently the max um, speed it could run was like twelve kilometers per hour, and it was like Shit. really slow. <laughs> and <laughs> since yeah, since it had little arms and a gigantic head, it kind of like ran out of balance quite often, and it pretty much explains why they went extinct. But yeah, imagine that, like entering the zoo and then you have the T-Rex exhibit and it's just like roaring. It's like, you know, Jurassic Park, you can cue the... Oof, the music. Yeah. John Williams, the goat. Yeah. What if it turns out like the T-Rex is just straight up, like just fucking big bird dude. That's just what it looks like. Just yellow giant, feathers. Yeah, just this giant fucking chicken. Just like, no respect. <laughs> like, uh, get out of here. Well, news flash for y'all haters. This is what it is. You paid for it. Now get the fuck out of here. <laughs> but yeah, so I'd pick a T-Rex for purely income generating schemes. And it is like a dream of mine. And then I'd want like another half of the zoo to be an elephant sanctuary. Because these are Aww. modern day dinosaurs. And, you know, they're just incredible animals, super cerebral. Um, and I want it to be a sanctuary and not like an exhibit so that you can interact with them, swim with them. And then they come, it's like on their terms, they'll go to you when they want to. And, you know, it's just a good time for everyone. And it seems like I'm picking like all large terrestrial animals. <laughs> but my third one 
is also extinct, and it is the giant sloth. Do you guys know about oh. the giant sloth? Yes. Dude, so these guys, these guys, these gigantic teddy bears are stand at 10 feet tall. So if you look at their, ske- their skeleton, it's absolutely insane. And they were actually omnivores too. So it'd be interesting to see them hunt preys. Like, have you ever seen a sloth try and hunt something? <laughs> I don't <laughs> think so. So it was, I don't know. I'm just out of bi- like pure curiosity. Like I want to see what it would look like to hunt down some prey. Like, I mean, look at that in comparison to like a deer. Absolutely yeah. insane. Damn, well, that image specifically is giving me weird. I think I have a poster of that somewhere. Really? It looks that, familiar. That exact image. Jeez, wow, that, that just gave me some weird nostalgia. Anyway. Some deja vu. And check out, this, check out those guns, dude. It's ripped. Oh. <laughs> a book. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if there was a book. Maybe like The End of Megafauna. Oh, this seems like a good read, actually. Oh, yeah, <laughs> shit. Fucking. So plug oh, to. Oh, the Plug to Ross D. E. McPhee for making some Yeah, I might have to, I might have to fucking read that book. It looks pretty good. Yeah, with like the saber tooth kind of just like grabbing a chunk yeah. out of this whatever you call its artery. Probably like some ancestor of a rhino or a tapir. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't see its penis. It's not a not a tapir. Not really. <laughs> not a tapir. Uh, no, he don't got a schlong. <laughs> Uh-uh. <laughs> all right so um so that wraps up this game so let us know in the ig story who do you think came up with the best zoo so i had the giant sloth the tyrannosaurus rex and um african elephants johnny had the helicarpion tapir and sperm whale and ariana had the thylacine which is the tasmanian tiger um dodo bird and uh, west african black rhino so let us know in the comments down below and we'll take a quick break and after we get back we'll play one more game and um you'll get to hear what our dream pet is and we're back so to kick off the second half of the show we're gonna i'm gonna ask my guests um what is your dream pet because like obviously it has to be living this time it's not like building a zoo um, but, you know, what's one pet that you wish you could have in the future, like in your retirement home, and then you could just keep a, an animal there, like whether it's endangered or not. Like, so if you pick an endangered one, let's just assume that, you know, they, they start repopulating and it's like they're doing well in captivity. So what would be your choices for a dream pet? Oh, man. Okay, this one, I actually do have a list and I'm like working on hopefully getting them one day. Nice. Yes. So why don't yeah. you start? So, yeah. My first one, the main one that I'm going for now is a, a ball python. Mm. You know this, Rox. Yes. Like I talk about snakes quite a bit. I love how, um, what's the word? Like everybody thinks they're so dangerous and everybody is scared. Like so many people are scared of snakes, but they're actually quite misunderstood. Um, very horrible. Yeah, and they're so they're so cute. I find ball pythons in particular really really cute, and they're so chill. They'll just hang out like around your neck. I don't. <laughs> so that sounds really bad, but like it's you can wear them. It's also like a fashion statement. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And they they get, they'll just chill like on your shoulders. And look at that cute and little nose, and it's like I know. button eyes. It has like a. I can't. I can't. They're too cute. They're <laughs> really cute. 
Like it's so nice to just boop them because they won't really bite you unless yeah. you're like stressing them out or anything like that. Um, yeah, I love how many colors, how many different like morphs. They're called morphs. How many different morphs there are? Um, yeah, like that. And then there are so many names for the different types of morphs. So there's the spider, there's the bumblebee, there's the banana. Um, yeah, and then you can mix them up. And this one's the pied. The image that you're showing on the screen yeah the pied where it's mm -hmm. mostly white but it'll have different spots and that's the most expensive one um because it, it takes a long time to breed that in particular yeah and it's really cool because the normal i mean like the naturally occurring ball pythons what they are like in the wild is they hang out under termite mounds and they they go into um, burrows for rodents, like rodent burrows, and they just hang out in that burrow and wait for that rat to come back, and then they attack. And so they only eat like maybe once a month or something like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they always have to change location. So after they eat, the like poop and stuff like that, and then they have to leave, or else another rodent won't come back because they can smell the the waste of the the snake and so you're constantly having to clean their cage and i think the feeding is the scariest part Definitely. what it's like the biggest reason i haven't actually gotten it yet is because i can't seem to figure out how to feed them rats yeah. or mice you yeah. need to have like a steady supply of you mm -hmm. need to either have a rat guy you know yeah <laughs> mice just sending me rats a mice man's <laughs> or yeah. like get yourself some pinkies but at the same time yeah. do you want some dead mice in your freezer all the time i don't know and then yeah. the whole process of thawing it out but i get you though 100 percent. they're complete like snakes are one of the most um misunderstood species in the mm -hmm. world everybody thinks For like sure. you know, big bad snake is just gonna bite me like it's literally the symbol of satan like when satan <laughs> came over to adam and eve he came as, yeah. a, as a snake right <laughs> but yeah, i mean not, you're not wrong <laughs> right and i mean like most of the time with snakes it's like for the first two minutes like even a wild snake let's say a completely wild snake that never interacted with a human like for the first two minutes of you trying to pick it up it's gonna be snappy of course because it's like mm -hmm. you know what's this big predator doing trying to pick me up but generally Apparently, like most reptiles, after the first two minutes of trying to fight back, they just chill out. They're yeah. just like, they, because they, reptiles don't like expending a lot of energy because they're very opportunistic hunters. So they don't know when their next meal is going to be. And they're just super chill. And if you were going to have a ball python at home, as long as you're feeding it well and you can build a bond, they're, they're not harm, harmful at all. No. Like, I mean, look at this kid. He's just yeah, like, these he's are actually vibing. the most like child-friendly pets. Uh, True. Actually. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And super they misunderstood. And they have such a cute phrase. So I feel like if they're just the cutest. If you're introducing snakes cutest. to your family, this is like a great way to start. <laughs> I think they grew up to like four feet max. That's not these big ones in at particular. All. Yeah. Yeah. As compared to the reticulated, which looks like this, yeah. but it's like a lot longer. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's actually a lot of problems now, especially here in the Philippines, wherein uh, people buy retics not really knowing that they get humongous. Huge. Yeah. yeah. And then when they start getting big, they just keep surrendering it to the DNR. 
and uh, or just letting it loose yeah and that's why they find like pythons in villages like yeah. what speaking of pythons in yeah. villages like there was actually a python in palm village a couple of mm-hmm. weeks back like yeah. the in the other street um do you guys know about this uh, yeah i'm pretty sure yana does but yeah super crazy like they just found it like on a lamppost <laughs> like what the hell is a ritek doing there and it yeah. was obviously just some families that they didn't um you know completely enclose the the enclosure and oh they're uh, yeah they're escape artists yeah they are actually. escape artists yeah they they're really sneaky <laughs> yeah so if yeah. you were to get one you got to make sure that you know mm-hmm. yeah here it is huge right. absolutely massive oh, nice. articulated yeah. python beautiful Oops. too Not like, that. that skin yeah is incredible and you can tell that it's a pet because that's not the natural color yeah, of reticulated yeah, python. Yeah. It's like a that's bread. bread. Yeah, bread morph. Yeah. <laughs> super awesome. Yeah, super crazy. But yeah, that's a good pick. <laughs> yeah, actually, the, when um, Radita first messaged me about it, I was like, oh, can I have it? <laughs> <laughs> but then I saw the picture and I'm like, okay, wait, no, it's a reticulated, not a ball python. Because he said ball python at first and... That like, is no, not that's a not a ball python. python. <laughs> yeah. You want to yeah. go balls deep into the snake world, Kagada. Mm-hmm. Like, no, yeah. dip, no dipping your feet in the water. <laughs> You're diving right in. <laughs> yeah. My other pet, dream pets, are it's actually a bird, like a macaw in mm. particular. I just find them so fun that they talk and then you can just have conversations with them. Yeah. That's just another one. But I know that um, they're a lot harder to bond with. Um, yeah. You really need to spend like every single day, like six hours a day with them mm-hmm. or else they'll get mad at you and they'll like give you the silent treatment. Yeah. They're yeah. tired as fuck. Yeah. Because they're very intuitive. Like they're mm-hmm. way smarter than dogs. So a lot less forgiving. And, <laughs> exactly. And that's the thing with birds also. Like people tend to just buy love birds, thinking that, oh, we'll just leave them there and stuff like that. But they're like very smart animals and they actually require a lot of care. Like, mm-hmm. I would not advise for someone who's like a first-time pet owner to get a bird because yeah. there's a lot that goes along with it. And it's so sad because people tend to put like love birds in these puny, like five foot by five, like cage, but they could actually, they enjoy like flying around and stuff. But yeah, that's another topic for another podcast. So, <laughs> yeah. Johnny, why don't you go and see your answer for your dream pet? Yeah, so my dream pet is a fox. Uh, I think they're just the cutest things. They are. Like, you don't have to worry about being, like, a dog person or a cat person. Just get a fox. It's, it's both. Kind of like, a little bit of both. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, they're actually cats that are they're related to dogs, not really cats. But the way they act are more feline, I'd say. Uh, sort of, like, nocturnal. They yip. They bark. Yeah, they make like, very interesting sounds. Yeah. Almost like yeah, hyenas. It's like, yeah. 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 What does yeah. the fox say? What does the fox <laughs> Yeah, what does the fox say? <laughs> <laughs> That's a throwback. A banger. Uh, yeah, absolute banger. Uh, but yeah, foxes are just, and they're just so cute. There's like this one Instagram account where this person basically uh, like rehabilitates. Yes. Finnegan. Foxes. Yes. Finnegan that's exactly Fox. It. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And they're just, they're yeah, so and they're just the cutest things. They're just the cutest things. I love them. I love them. That's it. That's all I can say. <laughs> Fair enough. And you could actually own one legally in North America. Mm. Um, it's 
not advisable because um you know Americans, they are not domesticated also <laughs> yeah very not domesticated at all and knowing americans they're just gonna get them out of the woods and try to put them in a cage and try to snuggle with them on day one but it yeah. doesn't work out that way but you can build pretty sustainable bonds with them and you can get to know oh my god look at this picture it's hilarious i don't know if this is photoshop but <laughs> <laughs> it's great it's a uh, is oh that even god. a fox it kind of looks like a wolf but it's like uh, or a coyote but yeah, it's like a fox and, uh, <laughs> and uh and a that little fucking thing <laughs> with, that, with that stanky leg but <laughs> <laughs> dude honestly fox is a great choice i would definitely pick one if we were in a climate that um, supported it a lot better. Um, yeah. But my pick would be the Philippine sailfin lizard. So do you guys know what that lizard is? So they are endemic to our country, and it is actually legal to own one here. So Really? Yeah, very legal. Um, you could buy them in accredited reptile stores. And come on, just look at this dinosaur-looking thing. And Super yeah. Super interesting, like species because they, they're very unique for having this dorsal fin and a fun fact is that the males actually do not possess this dorsal fin so it's only the females that have this dorsal fin um, males will have a little bit of a bump here at top but the ones that you see with those big like spinosaurus type um, dorsal fin thing those are only for the females and they actually use it to attract mates so I guess these are like considered like double D's <laughs> Double D's in the lizard world. Um, yeah. Boys, watch out! And uh, <laughs> just, uh, damn. it's like the peacock of the yes, the yes, world. exactly. But for females, and it's endemic, so it's easy to recreate an environment for it. And uh, it would be so sick, like in the future, to have kind of like a pond because they can actually they they are um, aquatic species. And fun fact, another fun fact is they could actually run on water. So. They have fringes in their flattened toes that act like pontoons and allow their lizard to run on top of water using its hind legs. So, wow. and these these get these are pretty hefty lizards. Huh? I was like, gonna say those are chunky. These boys. are chunky boys. Look here, I have a video of um of this dude with a pet sailfin lizard. Look That's at this the guy. cutest thing. Oh my! I know. God. And look at those like amazing blue tinges, yeah. and then it has oh, like. Man. That gorgeous um, dorsal fin. Oh my god, my internet is not cooperating. But yeah, and he's so chill. He's straight up just perching on this guy's arm. He's yeah. like, you videoing me? So cute. Make sure to get my good angle. Yeah, check out my <laughs> fin. <laughs> oh man. But yes, That's the cutest thing. Super sick, very tameable, and uh, I think it would just be perfect for this climate so you wouldn't have to worry much. And uh, they are omnivores, so you could feed them pechai, kong kong, some yeah. bananas. And then at the same time, if you feel like it, you could like throw in a couple of mice in there and then watch them chase it around there. I mean, oh, yeah, you have to like start it off as a young age just so that they know how to hunt. But <laughs> yeah, that would be my pick for a dream animal. But yeah. I would love to have all three of those animals in my house one day. <laughs> oh yeah, no, agreed. I'd, I'd have any of them as pets. Right. Just have a secluded area for the sailfin. Then you could have the fox in and out of the house, and then the ball python inside the house, just surrounded. Oh. That's that. That's the dream. <laughs> actually. Yeah. Matt, just, now just... I now I want to throw in. I mean, when you said the fox, actually, now I want to throw in an otter. 
Mm. I know people have otters as pets, but I'm obsessed with otters. I was tossing up between an otter and a fox, actually. Because yeah. <laughs> otters are so smart and they just seem so fun. Yeah, and you can find and them cute. here. Yeah, so. snuggly. Yeah. Yeah. So if the cute them, otters, not yeah. like the giant otters, oh, yeah. which are those, terrifying. Those are terrifying. Ooh, those yeah. monsters. Yeah. <laughs> the river, the Japanese yeah. river otter or something. Those yeah, guys the, are scary. Yeah, those guys fuck shit up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it yeah. has to be the regular like Asian small clod. Yeah, the little, little cute furry ones. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want that giant nonsense. And there's a little goon squad coming in here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they're like super social. I mean, look at here. Yeah, I'll put up a picture real quick just so that the audience can see what these bad boys look like. They're pretty much like the older mean cousin of all of me. <laughs> I mean, I feel like Wait, this one. That- yeah, I feel like this oh, one's not so bad. Search, search a giant otter. Yeah, the right. giant otter. Whatever. Okay. Yeah. That, that one's wet, but it's got some fur. Yeah. Yeah, that one's okay. That one's giant. When you see the giant otter, oh my god. Yeah, they they look like slimy too. I don't know why. Oh yeah, there we go. Here yeah. we go. Oh, yeah. Like, why do they look slimy? Yeah. There we go. Look at that. <laughs> Goon squad, goon squad, <laughs> and they have like these bright red gums that look like they were made for yeah. destroying you. Yeah, this guy's not cute at all, actually. <laughs> like, yeah. kind of banlag, oh <laughs> <laughs> getting the shih tzu vibes. Looks like Snoop Dogg a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> actually, is it? Yeah, he's compared to an otter. Yeah, these are terrifying. Like, I don't think. Um, I mean, as much as I love wildlife. If I saw one of these in the wild, I would like keep my distance. <laughs> I would be more scared of that than like seeing a shark, probably. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Enough. Aggressive. <laughs> All right. So speaking of scary predators, why don't we move on to our last segment of the show, which is build a predator. So much like the last um, game we played, we'll all be giving a couple of like three characteristics of uh predators that you could take and create your ultimate unstoppable ferocious predator so why not for this round let's all say our answers and then say one one trait and then let's just go back and forth okay like take turns yeah let's take let's take turns so i'm gonna start and i'm gonna take the body of a hippopotamus an african hippopotamus because i mean these guys are massive they're built like tanks they can run over 48 kilometers per hour which is absolutely insane you cannot outrun any of these guys and these hippos i mean they have the bodies that kill more sharks uh kill more humans than sharks lions and wolves combined so they kill a total of more than 500 deaths they kill like 500 people per year on an average and at the same time for my body it has a mucus that acts like sunblock so i will my predator will age well and yeah you know asian don't raisin yeah it's like that smooth skin but it's also a massive tank yeah a massive tank so that's my first characteristic cool Okay, I'll go next then. I think I I, I took I, I approached this in a little bit of a different way. Mm. So, because I, I I really kind of try to think about this one. So, so I, I wanted to win, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> a little competitive here. I wanted to be the ultimate predator, you know. Okay. It's just Randy Orton now. <laughs> oh yeah, for so, the listeners, before you start, um, we'll also be posting our answers on Instagram. So make sure to check that out and vote for the right answer, which is mine. So. 
Oh wow, or mine, you know. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's definitely mine because I separated it a little bit. So my main, and I, I went for arthropods too. So mine's an insect. Okay. So and so mine essentially at its adult stage is essentially a dragonfly. And why a dragonfly? It's because they are the most successful predators ever. Mm. They have a ninety-five percent success rate. Uh, as a predator, which means that whenever they go after a prey, 95% of the time they will catch it. That is by leagues better than anything else. Like for example, like a tiger has like what, like an 18% yeah, success rate. It's really low. Something like that. Yeah. So dragonflies are just beasts, man, and they're just like absolute monsters. But I have a question. What about the dragonfly? Yeah. Like, what's the characteristic there yeah. that you, makes you it such an awesome? Get an entire dragonfly, like. Okay. Hmm. So what I'm going to pick about it is, well, it, it's, it's a little bit of a mix, right? Because it, it, it's got two main characteristics. One, it's got these giant spherical eyes, mm-hmm. right? Which give it like supreme vision. But more importantly, um, the way the eyes from a neuron perspective coordinate the wings. So it has four wings, each of which can move individually, like mm-hmm. independently of each other. So they're just like the most agile motherfuckers out there. Mm-hmm. And like... They literally attach sensors to like the neurons in a dragonfly just to see how well they track stuff. Yeah. And it literally is like they're just so good. And what's nice about it is they aren't reactive, right? And this is what makes the the dragonfly so like beastly. They predict the flight patterns of their prey. Mm-hmm. So they actually straight up know where the prey is going to be. And they don't have anything to catch it. They literally just have a bunch of hairy legs and they just form a basket and they just know where the, the prey is going to be and they just little catch it and they start chewing on it. So dragonflies. The dragonflies of like agility. Yeah, yeah. Sort of that predictive yeah. coordination, uh, beast mentality. Yeah. yeah. Mamba awesome. mentality. Mamba. You know, <laughs> dragonfly mentality. <laughs> that should that be a thing. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. All right. So good, good, good pick. Uh, Mariana, okay. it's your turn. Um, so when I was thinking about this, the first thing that came to my mind, like what it means to be a good predator, for me, it was the ability to hide also. So I went for camouflage and not just the chameleon camouflage, but the cuttlefish camouflage. Mm. Yeah. I, yeah, I think they, they, they have the fastest ability to camouflage. I don't know if I'm saying that correctly, but then they can actually like move through something and they're camouflaging while they're moving. Like they're changing their form. So not just their colors, but also their form to match whatever they're on. So yeah, it's that camouflage of the cuttlefish is the first. Yeah, that's trait. that's a great choice. Like I've seen yeah, this video of um, it's like a cuttlefish like moving across a checkered board and it was yeah. like flawlessly... Like yeah and that's like not a natural thing right yeah. so it just it clearly matches whatever so it's awesome. that's awesome yeah i'll try to pull that video up um but yeah it's super insane how how fast they can change the color and so would you take the body or just the pure skill of being able to camouflage with the surroundings the skill of the skill oh, okay i found the video so let's just show the the viewers what ariana's talking about so here you have the color you listeners you can just suck it yeah <laughs> get on this youtube shit man i work hard on this like that's what it is come on guys there we go oh man i'm just starting cute too, honestly yeah. starting to feel it's the like ground. figuring it out yeah and I, I believe they show like an aerial view of how it's gonna oh, look, it look like, like. Mm-hmm. there we go so it's, it's, it's getting the colors getting the palettes 
but look it's like making a square like right in the center of itself yeah. so it's really match and this is like a not a natural pattern right and so it's really trying to figure out like wait how do i match this then it like moves on to the couch and oh yeah absolutely how cute is that (laughs) it's like on a couch (laughs) the cutest aquarium setup ever yeah get me one of those um all right so why don't you say your second skill ariana okay um my second one is speed and so it's another aquatic animal it's the mantis shrimp um i it's the those little like punchers that they have and so i think it's the speed in general like how fast they can move those things i think they're one of the fastest yeah i think like 0.2 seconds this track their player it's like 50 50 times faster than the like our blinking Mm -hmm. so just like blinking it's 50 times faster than that so I also heard that it's even faster than sound or something. Yeah. And besides, like when they actually strike, the water around it is the temperature of the sun. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Like super. So good, it's yeah. just that speed, and it can that's, just yeah. That's a pretty good one. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned uh, the mantis shrimp because mine is also my second characteristic is also mantis shrimp, but I'm gonna let Johnny go first. Okay. It's yeah. different though. Those are good ones. That's like a superpower. It's kind of like yeah. cheating. <laughs> Just like build your superhero. I'm Superman. All right. Okay. <laughs> no, that's, that's a good one. I didn't Just think of that. <laughs> yeah. No, so I'm, I'm still sticking to insect squad over here. Uh, so I took the, uh, the venom for the most venomous insect, which is <gasps> the harvester ant, surprisingly. Ants. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So this particular ant. Ants are really cool. Yeah. Ants yeah. Are they cool. are pretty cool. But the harvester ant apparently has some pretty wicked venom. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if I stick at it in my sort of dragonfly-ish body mm-hmm. and neural system, uh, it takes three stings to kill a rat. Wow. Which is pretty cool for a yeah, bug. for an ant. Yeah. Like, for its size, I mean. Yeah. Yeah, pretty cool. So that, that that's my thing because, you know, I don't want to stick to just catching bugs. I want to fuck up some mammals. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Damn. Something, what, 10 times its size? And they just look like normal soldier ants, actually. But Yeah, and it's little buggy boys. Yeah, they pack a punch and strengthen yeah. numbers. So that's a good pick, actually. So it's funny that you guys like all pick like, um, well, Ariana's is more of aquatic than yeah, Johnny's sticking to the bug's life. But <laughs> I'm going to mix it a little bit. So as I said earlier, my my second characteristic is also a mantis ship, but specifically the tiger mantis ship. And what I'm getting from them is their eyesight. Because apparently, they have one of the most complex eyesight in the entire animal kingdom. So they have three eyes that can each move independently and see beyond um, humans on both ends of the light spectrum. Meaning they can see ultraviolet and wavelength lights. So uh, infrared wavelength lights. So absolutely crazy. They move independently and they basically got pinpoint accuracy. So if you pair that with the body of a hippopotamus running at forty-eight miles per hour, I'm I'm packing a big boy because I want any any species as a GG under me. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so like that amazing eyesight that can see in the dark, see in day, and uh, all move independently. So yeah, that that's my pick. Um, so why, why don't I pull up a picture of the of the mantis shrimp just so that the viewers, come on guys, you still have. One last round to get on this video recording. <laughs> oh shit! It's all 
the cooked manta shrimp. All right, never mind. Oh, man. Uh, we're not, <laughs> we don't support that. We don't support that, <laughs> but they're delicious. <laughs> That's so trippy, though. You know, I've actually tripped out on it a little bit. Like, just imagining what they can see. Right. With that spectrum of light. Yeah, like, apparently, yeah, apparently I was... So I got my answer from um, this new series on Netflix called um, Night on Our Planet. You guys should check it out. It's amazing. Because basically, I'll it's, watch like, that tonight. it's like our planet. But they're using hypersensitive cameras that capture the behavior at night. Wow. So that's like one of the things that I've always been interested in. Like, how can the fish see if there's no light? Like, I mean, what happens in underwater when it's like pitch black? I mean, open seas are already so dark. Like, what could possibly, what else could possibly be happening during nighttime? So it's a great like docu series, and I suggest you hit it up. Not Attenborough though. So, I mean. Okay. Take what you can get. Um, <laughs> there are others. Yep. Other good ones. All right. So for my last characteristic, and I'm sticking to my big boys out here. So I'm getting a head of a great white shark. And solely for the purpose of it having an insanely bite force of over 4,000 PSI. So that's pound force per square inch. And just for the mere fact it looks badass as fuck. Like, <laughs> just so cool to have yeah, that gigantic yeah, like head. Um, of a great white shark with that amazing eyesight with the speed and the sunblock. So that's my predator. Um, yeah. That's, that's a tank. Dude. Yeah, <laughs> do, like man. Johnny's and mine are like really small, cute little yeah. things. And yours mine's, is just out here. But... Yeah, mine's literally a bug, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> mine's like a... <laughs> I'm clearly like invested in a large terrestrial... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's okay. I got you because my third trait is uh, it's my wild card. Okay. It's uh, the penis of a tapir. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, you already got it. <laughs> <laughs> and down. <laughs> no, um, so I'm sticking to and and I, I I wanted and the thing I'd say about where what differentiates my predator uh, is that for you guys you guys are only predating as an adult right you're only fucking shit up as an adult and I wanted to kind of twist that on its head uh, so my little insect has a larval stage mm. and it is the larval stage of the kamikaze horsehair worm. The fuck? Um, yeah. <laughs> so what's cool about the kamikaze horsehair worm is in its larval form, it gets eaten. Okay. So it just gets straight up eaten, typically by a cricket. Oh yeah. And once it's eaten by a cricket, it then takes over the central nervous system of the cricket and makes the cricket drown itself. Oh my so god. So it makes the cricket just jump in some water, drown itself, where it will emerge as an adult into a dragonfly venomous monster so it kills at every point of its life cycle that's fucking gnarly dude that's, wild. <laughs> that's so gnarly. how do you think they can control the um the neurosystems and the i don't know if I crickets have would have a frontal lobe like how the hell do I they know. control that right I have no straight to the clue. And it's, it's in the gut, right? Yeah. I don't know. I have no idea. Imagine you're you're like a cricket and then, you know, you just ate a bunch of stuff and then out of nowhere, like, I want to swim. And then you go <laughs> into the water and then you're just like drowning. It's like, oh my God, I'm a bug. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, Was I always a bug? Bad, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. These uh, kamikaze horsehair worms just basically induces the insect in psilocybin. <laughs> yeah. Strips yeah. some acid. 
Just yeah, but there is that fungus, right? There's yeah, also the that, one that the, grows out of the head. Yeah, yeah. the cordyceps. That's crazy. So, yeah, that's another fucked up one. Dude, yeah. yeah. Oh God. Actually, it's like kind of sidetracked, but you know, in the news a couple of weeks back, there was this dude that tried to literally inject himself with psilocybin. So psilocybin is the um, psychoactive substance in uh, mushrooms, and apparently for him, like you know, eating it was just not enough for him. He wanted to get out to the entire world, like maybe he had to Narnia or some shit like that, and decided to literally intravenously inject some psilocybin into his system, and he almost died actually, like because what was happening was the fungi, the fungi, they were actually growing, like feasting off his red blood cells, and they were growing inside him. So he was immediately rushed to the ICU and he was there for like 14 days, comatose. And uh, fortunately for him, he survived. But unfortunately for science, it would be amazing to see like just some magic mushrooms grow out of his skin. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. Actually, yeah. sorry, building on that, <laughs> I was, I, I, there's another piece of news about, how do you say that? Psilocybin. Yeah, apparently there's a theory going around that um, the early humans, like monkeys, yeah. Yeah. they <laughs> ate magic mushrooms, and that's how we developed our cognitive abilities. I would not be surprised. I'd, yeah, that's the stoned ape theory. I'd the stoned like, ape. Oh. That's that's yeah. the one. Yeah, the yeah. stoned ape theory. So that's why they call that's it the Stone Age. You know, that's the Stone Age. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just straight up. They're all just like high as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> That's how we we got here, guys. Yeah, I should touch this dog. I should make this mine. (laughs) (laughs) Existential crisis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just just some fucking monkey eating some mushrooms. (laughs) I'm a monkey. It's like start. (laughs) Get the hell out of here, Adam and Eve. That's the origin of man. I don't don't care about your work, Darwin. I don't care how many books you published. It's mushrooms. Char- Charles, you fucking dork. <laughs> Monkey. What a square. Mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So before we get too carried away, um, uh, Johnny, you're next. Your last trait. Oh, that was mine. That was my third yeah, one. Was oh, that was your third. I oh, sorry, yeah, Ariana. Third one already. It's me. Okay. So <laughs> my third one. Damn, that was such a good one. Anyway, yeah. my third one is also venom, but it's uh, aquatic species again. So it's the blue ring octopus. Yeah, those guys are really tiny, but they can they pack venom enough venom to kill like twenty five yeah. grown it's, adults. It's ridiculous. And they can I think or something. Yeah, and then if you get bitten by a blue ring octopus, you're dead in about thirty minutes. Yeah, it's so nuts. it's quick acting. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that's a great skill. And if I'm not mistaken, Johnny, you had a pretty close interaction with one, right? Like in one of your... not, 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 not a not a blue ring. Not a blue ring. I, uh, I had it... one in my tank. You actually owned one. Wow. Whoa. Yeah, like we owned one, and it was so crazy because my dad, like, he loves um, marine life, and he got one in Cartamar. Like he was, he was like, "Oh, that's a really cute octopus. What's it called?" And the guy in Cartamar, he picked it up with his bare hand, and he was like, "This is a blue ring octopus." <laughs> and my dad was like. Put that down and get that out of your hand. Yeah, it's crazy. Oh my They're God. so small and very cute. And then it yeah. disappeared. We don't know what happened to it. Oh, man. He probably escaped. Yeah, yeah. just yeah. escaped and started biting the shit out of that one guy. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Like, like, Motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> that just proves how badass like, and how goony these Cardamar people yeah. are. Like, just picking, like, straight up picking up blue ring octopus by <laughs> your bare hand. 
insane. Yeah. I would love to see one though. They're so cute. They but no, are. I saw a box jellyfish. Box jellyfish. I had a yeah. close encounter. Right? Yeah. I hate jellyfish. What happened there again? No, I was just swimming and it just literally just like broom, broom, like oh shit, cool. I should get just the fuck out. Swam by my face, like, <laughs> like three inches from my from my mm. goggles. Damn. That's. Uh, I was actually contemplating putting a jellyfish here, but yeah, I'm terrified of jellyfish. Like. Jellyfish are straight up aliens, man. Yeah, yeah, I got stung. I think, I think it was about yeah. ten or something by a box jellyfish. Yeah, and going back to your. It was uh, dead though. It was uh, dead. Yeah. But yeah, it still packs enough um, venom, I guess, for you yeah. to poison, for you to get yeah. affected. But yeah, going back to your twenty percent thing, like I don't understand why humans are so obsessed with searching world outside Earth when there's so much in the ocean that's yet to be discovered. I mean, twenty yeah, percent. Exactly. That's ridiculous. And, you know, there's so many other creatures and stuff that you could be searching out. But, yeah, like, before the show gets too long, um, let's just wrap it up again by, <laughs> yeah. saying, <laughs> by saying our answers. So I picked the body of a hippopotamus, the eyesight of a tiger mantis shrimp, and the head of a great white shark. And uh, you guys say your answers because I kind of – I don't want to butcher it. <laughs> okay. Um... I chose the camouflage of the cuttlefish or the speed of the camouflage. I chose the mantis shrimp's speed of attack. So the 50 times faster than blinking of an eye and also the, the heat that it produces. Insane strike And speed. the venom. Yeah, the strike speed. There you go. And the venom of a brewing octopus. Yeah, so I picked the, uh, the flight and neural system of a dragonfly, the venom of a harvester ant, and the mind control function of the kamikaze horsehair worm larva. Damn. So, realistically speaking, I feel like your predators would be a lot more successful than mine, but mine's the most <laughs> badass, so come on, guys. And a head of a shark, bro. A head of a style Yeah, dude. Yeah. You're the most deny. styling, for sure. I'm the least styling by far. <laughs> I'm just literally, like, fucking mosquito or yeah, something. Yeah, but live count? Oh, my God. That would be insane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. All right. So um, I guess that about does it. And I just want to wrap up the pod by saying thanks again for joining me in this homie hump day episode. And I honestly had so much fun talking about the one thing that I'm very passionate about, which is animals. And I learned a lot from you guys as well, from the different extinct and existing species. And before I go, I think now would be a perfect time for you guys to plug in where people can find you or the work that you do, because you guys both have pretty interesting work um so ariana you can plug in the siriri series and uh yeah. um, johnny plug in your energy conversations on linkedin all right i'll go first since mine is pretty quick you can find me at at re underscore norton um i haven't done it in a while but i plan to be posting more nature series which is just little posts little bites of information about uh the crazy world we live in uh, the natural world at least and of course, you can find Rock and I at For the Future PH. Pew, pew, pew. Bang, 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 bang. Yeah, that's it. Well, uh, you, Johnny. So for me, I don't need to follow me, I guess. But <laughs> definitely follow uh, the Philippine Taxonomic Initiative at PH Taxa. And you can also, if you uh, do a bunch of stuff and follow a bunch of guidelines that Rocco will post, mm -hmm you will win a little goodie. Wait, let me actually see if I can just pull it up. Yeah, so Wait. I'll be posting um, 
the guidelines for our giveaway and probably add like a little short bit at the start of the episode just to let people know what's up. But Johnny, why don't you show them what you have yeah. to offer? I just have to remove the... Uh, oh, that's the wrong one. How do I do that? <laughs> nope, oh. that's not it either. <laughs> not Jack How do I do this? None. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, have to remove the uh, the ball and Python behind me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. So explain what's going on in that poster. So this is a lovely illustration by Rexen Manikis, who you can also follow. We will post her handle. She's an excellent artist, uh, and it is the various Philippine Paphiopedilum species. Uh, so it's like an orchid, if I'm not mistaken. But they're quite beautiful, and you can frame it, and it can be yours if you do a bunch of stuff that Rocket tells you to do. Yes. <laughs> Follow me. I am your Führer. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, so I guess that about does it. And I want to thank you all listeners for tuning in to another episode of the Rocket's Modern Life podcast. If you enjoyed it, don't forget to share with hashtag RML podcast. Hit that follow on Spotify, Facebook, and Instagram so that you never miss an episode. And as always, I'll see you all in the next one. Deuces.